This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live, episode number 13. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me alongside Trey Biddy and Danny West over on the team at hogsports.com. Your number 12 Arkansas Razorbacks destroyed South Carolina on the road last night, 101 to 73. Wow. We're going to recap that South Carolina game. We're going to take a quick peek ahead at Texas A&M because, well, we've already done it already twice. Uh, We're going to dive into some postseason and NCAA tournament stuff, talk a little best and worst case scenario when it comes to some seeding in March Madness. As always, get your comments and questions in the chat. We'll get to those at the very end. Welcome in once again to Hog Hoops Live. Okay. Real quick, everybody, before we get started, I do want to go over this promo one more time. We did it last week. I know Trey talked to you guys about it on Monday when he was doing Hog Sports Live, but this is the last day to jump in on this deal, and it's a really good one. If, if you're listening to the podcast or the YouTube video a little bit later, we're talking on Wednesday here, okay? A bunch of you have already done this, and that's awesome. Some of you haven't taken advantage yet, but you still have time if you do it today on Wednesday. Hear me out. Okay, sign up for an annual membership at Hog Sports at 50% off and get commercial-free CBS All Access, which is soon, and I mean very soon, going to be rebranded to Paramount Plus, which is awesome. You get that absolutely for free as long as you're subscribed. That's a big deal. So traditionally, CBS All Access, that's a $99.99 annual value, uh, not offered with these discounted subscriptions that we run with Hog Sports. Okay? It's going to be a while before we do it again. And that's not all. So if you're a monthly subscriber, you can also upgrade to an annual subscription at 50% off, still receive commercial-free CBS All Access at no charge for the life of the subscription. It's a really, really good deal. You can see the the logo here at the bottom of the screen. Go to hogsports.com right now. You're going to see that exact same thing on the front page. Click on it, follow the links. It'll get you all set up with everything that you need to take advantage of the deal. You have until 10.59 Central Time, Wednesday night, to take advantage of this. Okay, let's get this thing out of the way. Whew, what a game last night. My goodness. After the last couple of weeks, you really had to kind of wonder, you know, what you might get from this Arkansas team. You know? I mean, so many big games were stacked on, if you think about it. For a while there, the run there, Missouri, Florida, Alabama, LSU, those are some big-time games, a lot of revenge games. You're playing, you know, th- those are all the top teams in the conference aside from Arkansas. You jump from being on nobody's radar all the way up to number 12 in the country, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got to hop on a plane and go play a South Carolina team that's really had a rough go of it all year. Your man down without Jalen Williams, who's been a really a key for you as of late. He's unavailable. 
it's kind of like Eric Musselman said in, in his in his post game last night. You know, he was worried what's left in the emotional tank. It's fair. It was full. It was full at South Carolina. Arkansas, I thought, looked as dominant as they have in a very long time. And, and, and I mean long time like years, okay? Even the guy on the broadcast said that they looked underrated as the number 12 team in the country with the way they're playing. And I agree. They looked really good last night. And that's no exaggeration at all. I kind of felt bad for old Frank Martin's squad, to be completely honest. Now, listen, you know, South Carolina hung in there. They kept it close for 12, 13 minutes probably. And, and then the Hogs just ran away with it. The offensive efficiency last night was off the charts. <clears throat> I mean, listen, keep this statement in context, because I, I know they're playing a not-so-good South Carolina team, but Arkansas, in my opinion, and I watch a lot of basketball, they looked Final Four good last night. and The chemistry and the confidence jumped off the screen for this team. The ball movement, my goodness, 305 passes for the Hogs last night. That's crazy. That's unheard of. Teams don't do that. 305 passes. The ball didn't stick. And they weren't just chucking it around the perimeter. Players were constantly moving off the ball, screening, cutting to get open. Everybody knows where their teammate's going to be. Pass fake, shot fake, keep that thing moving. You know, after the, the LSU game, Musselman talked about how in the first half against that zone that LSU likes to run, that, that the guys were doing that. They were kind of lock kneed, ball over the head, just, just kind of looking around like high school Harry is what he called them. High school Harry out there just passing around the perimeter, not a threat. Was not the case last night. They were all threats, playing with supreme confidence. Arkansas shot 55% from the field. That's really good, okay? 15 of 33 from three. Where the heck has that been? We knew this team had perimeter punch. We saw it early in the season. We saw it at times throughout the conference. It's really about... Shot selection. The number of attempts from three had gone down quite a bit lately because Musselman has those guys put an emphasis on being aggressive and attacking the rim, getting to the basket. And they were successful at it. So teams had to adjust because Arkansas is doing that well. They're shooting 30-plus free throws a game. So you start seeing these matchup zones, the pack line defense, you know, sagging man-to-man, -man, which means what? Boom, drive and kick, wide open threes. And against South Carolina, Arkansas starts burying them, which means the defense has to spread out again. It creates gaps. The floodgates open. Arkansas scores 101 points. That's high-level execution, and it's a direct result of the chemistry that this group has built together. I was really impressed. And, you know, to talk about the confidence... Because when you add that element to go along with the execution, to go along with the chemistry, and you've got every guy out there on the floor playing with supreme confidence as an individual and confidence in their teammates, that's when a team becomes really dangerous. Think about some of these individual performances. Let me pull up this box score. Moses Moody, tied a career high, 28 points. 
10 of 15 from the field. Now, we've talked about it on this show before. If, if you read anything that I put out on hogsports.com, what I've been saying now for the last couple of weeks is Moses is getting a lot more aggressive and a lot more assertive, taking his man off the dribble, which is a, it was a question mark about him coming into the year, and, and he's just improved steadily over the course of the season. So, you know, he won SEC Freshman of the Week this past week, averaging 21 points per game at a time when he shot 25% or less from the field. The shots weren't falling. And, and I said at some point he's going to be as aggressive and assertive off the bounce as he has been, and the shots are going to start falling. And when that happens, look out. South Carolina was the victim of that. Okay? 10 of 15, he scored, I think, 11 of the first 14 for Arkansas. Four of nine from three. The jumper looked pure last night. It looked good. Four of four from the free throw line, seven rebounds. Really, really good performance from Moses Moody. He not only looked like an SEC freshman of the year candidate, he looked like an SEC player of the year candidate. Stiff competition there. He's got to be in the conversation. If he's not first team all SEC at the very least, it's a crime. Justin Smith, here we go again. We know the value that he brings to the basketball team as a glue guy, as someone that changes everything that they do defensively and on the glass. He's coming along as an offensive threat. You think about early in the year, some of those non-conference games when uh, you know, he'd, he'd take some of those jumpers, those 15-footers, and you're thinking, ah, you know, I could probably, could probably do without some of those. Right? You remember those days? missing some of the easy ones around the rim. He's improved a lot offensively, really in the last two weeks. Against South Carolina, 22 points, 8 of 12 from the field, 6 of 7 from the free throw line, which you love to see because he's, he's traditionally not a great free throw shooter, but he's going to be a dude that's on the line a lot come postseason play. Eight more rebounds. Ho-hum day, right? What I really like to see from Smith against South Carolina is that he looks way more confident shooting that mid-range jumper from the high post or even the short corner. He's not hesitating. He's getting into it. He's getting a little bit of air underneath his feet. It's kind of a, a weird, almost free-throw-like set shot for a while there. But what that tells me, you know, without hesitation, is that he, he believes he's going to make it. Right? So he's shooting it with that much more confidence. And then... He's really starting to develop the face-up and attack game. So, you know, he can catch it back to the basket in the post and make some moves. He did that against Florida and looked good doing it. But against South Carolina, he'd catch it kind of in that mid-post, that 10 to 12-foot range. He'd turn and eye his man up and attack him off the dribble. And he was going to the rim and he was finishing strong. That's big boy basketball. J.D. Note. I mean, he's been playing phenomenal. He's been playing like an all-league guy the last three games. And, you know, one thing that you wanted from him for most of the season was defense, which he's turned into a weapon for Arkansas on the defensive end at this point. You'd love to see it. But you wanted consistency from him and better shot selection. Now, those are really the things. You know, you cut down on the turnovers a little bit, man. Embrace the point guard position some and, and just take better shots. Well, he's done that the last three games, if he maintains that going into postseason play, Arkansas is going to be a tough out. 
last night off the bench and, and must turn to him quick. I mean, I think he was in the game like three minutes in, and he wound up playing 30 minutes, plus 28. Arkansas was in, in 30 minutes with no tie on the floor. He had 21 points, 9 of 16 from the field. He hit three threes. What stands out to me from that, five rebounds, five assists, five steals. Not too many people can put up that kind of stat line in, in a game, much less coming off the bench. And it was good that he did because you had other guys. Uh, Jalen Tate didn't have a great game, didn't have his best game. That's a couple in a row uh, where, where Tate's been a little bit off of his game, so you want him to bounce back, and he will. He'll be okay. You need him as a distributor, a ball mover, uh, and, and you know really a guy who locks down on the perimeter. Devo didn't have his best game. You know, only four points. He had five turnovers. That's too many. A little loose with the basketball, but he made an impact. A couple steals, eight rebounds, which is huge, so find a way to impact the game in other ways. But when you need scoring punch to have a guy like J.D. Note come off and, and give you 21, that's huge. Speaking of scoring punch off the bench, Desi Sills. We spent a lot of time talking about Desi. A lot of you had questions and comments Last week, you know, is he hurt? What's going on? Should Arkansas rest him? And, and we saw signs of life, if you remember talking about it. He, he looked a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more confident on the floor uh, after that, during that Alabama game. That's what we talked about. You saw it a little bit more against LSU over the weekend. He stuck a three. Um, he's had a little bit more bounce in his step. He blew up on South Carolina. It was great. Really good, feel-good moment. Uh, for a good kid. He comes in 15 points, 5 of 7 from 3, so that ties a career high for Desi and made three-pointers. Played 26 minutes. Uh, that was big time to see him bust out because, you know, talking about having some scoring pop off the bench and, and depth and things like that, Vance Jackson, another guy, he only played 9 minutes, but he came in he and he drilled two threes. And you think, oh, well, so what? It was a 30-point blowout. But he needed to see that. He needed to see those shots go down. And I asked Muss about it after the game. Going into postseason play, you think about this SEC tournament, hey, Arkansas is in a good spot there. But to make a run, you're going to be playing on back-to-back-to-back nights. When you get an NCAA tournament play, you're going to have one day off and then the next game. You never know what happens with foul trouble, fatigue, things like that. So, so to have your depth pieces getting some good minutes, some critical run late in the season and seeing some success, building confidence, getting some chemistry going with the regulars, that's huge. That's something that could really pay big dividends in the next couple weeks. So I was really happy to see that. Arkansas obviously was without, they were without Jalen Williams. Like I said, he, he was unavailable. So really he had to figure out what to do at the five at the center spot because, I mean, he's been playing 20, 25 minutes per game. Good production, big minutes. So you needed, you needed a good outing out of Connor Vanover. Well, first of all, he gave you 20 minutes. That's good. Arkansas is plus 17 with him on the floor. He did some really good things. Six rebounds, it's a good number for Connor, especially in 20 minutes. Four blocks, protecting the rim, that's good. Hit a three, you love to see it, right? Still some things to work on. And he missed a couple of those, those little bunnies, shots around the rim. You, you want to see those go in, right? You need to make those. Uh, got scored on a few times by some guys that I really don't think should have scored on him. 
McCreary is one that, that stands out to me. And then the, the big freshman for South Carolina that just got on campus like two weeks ago. Um, I can see a little bit better there, but you got to take the good with the bad. He's not going to come in there and be perfect. But you, like I said, you got 20 minutes from him, rim protection, some rebounding. That's good. Good to build on moving forward. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Then who else did you get? Jackson came in, gave you 10 minutes. Ethan Henderson came in, didn't do anything. Didn't I don't even think he had any, uh, anything on the stat sheet other than two fouls. right? But he gave you six minutes, didn't hurt you. Building a little bit of momentum, confidence. He's getting comfortable playing on the floor again. And then they played Justin Smith, and I, I like that look. You can get away with it against some teams who don't have a really big-time scoring presence there at the five. Play Justin Smith at the five and go small ball, play four guards around him. That's tough to guard. It's hard to guard. So I thought they overcame that loss pretty well. Pretty well. You know, Trey put out a, a really good article on hogsports.com this morning just about the, the historical significance of, of what's going on. I mean, some really impressive facts and stats. And, and shout out to Hogstats that <laughs> it's putting in a lot of work with everything that's going on right now. But, you know, just some of what we've already mentioned, but, you know, talking about the South Carolina game alone, Moody ties a career high with 28 points. Desi ties a career high with five threes. The 28-point win was the third largest margin ever in an SEC road game for Arkansas. Okay. 15 made threes. Second most for the team in an SEC road game. Fifth most in an SEC game, period. All time. 101 points, fifth most for the Hogs in an SEC road game. It just goes to show you how well they played at South Carolina. And then taking a look at the season, big picture, first time since 1995, Arkansas has won four consecutive SEC road games. So they beat, uh, what was it, South Carolina, Mizzou, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. Yeah, South Carolina, Mizzou, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. The last four road games, they won them all. 
Currently, right now, Arkansas is 12 and 4 in the SEC. That's tied for the best winning percentage in SEC play at 75% since 1995. That was the year they went to the championship game. If Arkansas wins on Saturday against Texas A&M, that would become the best winning percentage since the 94 championship season. Some good company. I love this. Tuesday, Tuesday was the, the first game that an Arkansas team has shot at least 60% from twos, two-point field goals, 45% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. That's elite. It was a big night for Eric Musselman, too. It was win number 150 as a college head coach. He hit that mark in six seasons, and so you can do the math. That's really good. 150 wins and 51 losses overall as a college head coach between Nevada and Arkansas. He's the first Razorback head coach to win 20 games in his first two seasons. And he's also hit that 20-win mark every year since he's been a college head coach. Probably a good thing, too. He, he joked after the game that Miss Danielle, is, his wife, has set that goal for him. 20 wins every season. You know, if he didn't hit that mark, he, it might be a permanent stay in the pool house. I don't know. Also, really good stat here. The win over South Carolina means that Muss has already officially beaten every team in the SEC. Beat them all. It took him 34 games to do it. 34 games. So for reference sake, it took Nolan Richardson 41. It took Mike Anderson 51. It took John Pelfrey 71. Good old Stan Heath didn't do it. He never beat Kentucky. So a big win. Arkansas is rolling. I mean, it's, that's 10 SEC wins in a row. They haven't lost a game overall since January 30th at Oklahoma State. Well, that's one they'd love to have back, don't you think? Mm. Okay, so Texas A&M, here we go again. <laughs> okay, uh, was supposed to happen twice already. It didn't. Rumor has it Arkansas will host the Aggies in Bud Walton Arena Saturday, March 6th at 4 p.m., it appears that the Aggies are finally going to return to the floor tonight, Wednesday night, for the first time since the end of January to play Mississippi State. I'll believe it when I see it, but all indications are that game is on. Assuming that's the case, I'm excited to watch them play. Now, I know we get you know we got frustrated with the two postponements. You know, one was a home game uh, scheduled for February sixth. That's the game that's being made up and rescheduled this weekend. The other was a road trip on the 20th. You remember that. It got called off right as Arkansas was loading up to head to, to College Station. A little advance notice would have been nice. Okay? But, you know, as I understand it, these guys have really been through it. Uh, you know, it wasn't just a bunch of, you know, quarantines and, and contact tracing and things like that. You know, as, as I understand it, I mean, they had – seven, eight, nine guys who eventually tested positive as it, you know, started to make it spread or, or whatever. There were a handful who were, who were symptomatic, who were sick, right? So it sucks for those kids. So, you know, really at this point, really hope they're healthy. It'll be good to see them back out on the floor, able to compete, assuming it happens. Um, you know, you, you just never know with those kind of things. 
you know, so I don't know what to what to expect out of this game. I mean, Musselman's prepped for it twice at this point, prepped for this team. I do I do a VIP, you know, kind of kind of scouting report and, and breakdown on hogsports.com for every game. So I've done it twice. Now it makes my job easier later in the week, right? Because I can just kind of tweak a few things and, and get it back out there based on what we see tonight. But you don't know if they're going to be in shape. I don't know if they're going to be sharp or, or efficient or anything like that, but I'll bet I'll bet Texas A&M is going to be fired up to take the floor and play. It's been a long layoff. I mean, the last time they played was the SEC Big 12 Challenge. They beat Kansas State. You remember how long ago it feels like that Arkansas lost at Oklahoma State? It was the same day. You know, Arkansas went 7-0. and Undefeated in the month of February, Texas A&M didn't play a game. That's wild. I can't get over that. But at any rate, game on, right? For now. Should be a game Arkansas wins, don't you think? I mean, you take a look at the net rankings. Arkansas sets at number 12, A&M's number 141. Ken Palm, Arkansas's number 14, A&M's number 129. One thing I like about Ken Palm is it gives you a predictor and, uh, you know, it has Arkansas with a 91% chance to win. The score prediction is 75 to 60. I think it might be a wider margin than that, personally. You know, Texas A&M is a team, they've, they've struggled offensively this season. They rank number 196 in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency, number 270 in effective field goal percentage. They turn it over a ton. They don't shoot the three well. Um, offense isn't necessarily their thing. Yeah, I would expect Buzz Williams to to try to dictate tempo. He prefers that to be at a snail's pace. They're number three forty four in the country in adjusted tempo. So they're the, they're the slowest power conference team in the country, not named Virginia. You know, looking again. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on these guys, but looking at their. Uh, their scoring average, I mean, 63.5 points per game. It's, it's pretty low. A lot of that is because of the pace, the slow pace that they play. Opponents don't score a ton on them either. They have not scored over 68 points against an SEC opponent this season. Hmm. Defense has kept them close in a number of games. You know, When they, when they can grind out games and, and really dictate the tempo and slow it down and make it a slog fest, obviously it limits possessions. They can keep it close. And it's, it's kind of dangerous, too, because they just haven't played. I mean, Arkansas will get a chance to watch them against Mississippi State, which is, I mean, that's a plus. But when a team hasn't played for that long, and, and I don't know how long they've been practicing at this point, I, I have no idea. But you just wonder what kind of new wrinkles they'll have thrown in there or, or if Buzz will just say, you know, screw it, guys, go have fun. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know. A lot of familiar faces. They so that's one thing they do have going for them is they have a lot of continuity. Emmanuel Miller back. He's leading them about 15 points, eight rebounds a game. Quentin Jackson's a name you'll remember. He, he's a good three-point shooter. One of the few that they have. You know, Andre Gordon in the backcourt, JJ Chandler, Savion Flag. You, you remember all those guys from years past. So they've got some capable players. So again, I you know I, I really do hope that that the game can be played as scheduled, and I, I think I really do think it will this time. I'm 
You hear that? I'm knocking on wood. Okay. I made I made my dog mad. <laughs> Slim, Slim Jim, the wiener dog, makes an appearance. But again, you know, hope it happens. Uh, especially what's what's cool right now is with the governor loosening up restrictions a little bit. Uh, I'm not saying that they'll be able to to pack out Bud Walton, but you know, maybe you could get a few more people in there to celebrate the team and the accomplishments just just one more time before postseason play. I think that'd be a really nice send off for this group. But speaking of postseason play, and this is what I really want to talk about, SEC tournaments next week. Wow. I mean, the season, time flies when you're having fun, right? So, you know, opens up on Wednesday, March the 10th. Now, Arkansas has earned a double bye already, which is huge. They locked in the two seed after beating the Gamecocks last night. So the first game for Arkansas will be Friday, March 12th, 6 p.m. Central. So what that means, Arkansas would play uh, the winner of the 7-10 matchup. Uh, and, and things could still change with games that are still to be played, depending on your when you're listening to this, Wednesday night uh, or even Saturday, right? But most likely, if, if you take a look at it, Arkansas is probably going to get the winner of Missouri versus Georgia. Could be Mississippi State, depending on how things shake out. Again, all these teams have two games left to play. But probably Missouri or Georgia, maybe Mississippi State. All right. Because the Razorbacks, I mean, they're really in a, it's kind of an unfamiliar spot, right? I mean, they played well enough to where it actually doesn't matter what happens in Nashville. They're in the NCAA tournament. March Madness, baby. Let's go. With that being said, you know at, at this point you're playing for what? Conference clout and seeding for the big dance. What's your philosophy on that? I mean, it, sometimes when, when teams are rolling, like Arkansas is headed to the postseason, people will say, hey, they need to take a loss. Take a loss and get it out of the way before the tournament. I don't know. I don't know if I buy into that theory. I, to me, I, I think, you know, just win, <laughs> right? Win, win, win. I, I do understand, though, that when you get to the NCAA tournament, uh, everything's amplified so much because it's win or go home. It's the biggest stage, you know? So it, it, after you've been winning and everything's been going so well for so long, it, the, at the first sign of adversity, you know, or you get down or a team puts a run on you, you don't want to be shell-shocked, right? So I, I understand it from that standpoint. I, I just assume they keep winning, personally. At other times, you, you worry about you know a team wearing down a little bit before the NCAA tournament. That, that's the good thing about this double bye, right? Even if, even if Arkansas makes it to the championship game in Nashville, you, you'd play three in a row, and then you'd have four or five days at least before you play your opening round game. So they'll have time to recover. So then, you know, what are the ramifications in, in terms of seeding for the following week? You know, once you're safely in the field, like and, and Arkansas obviously is, is a, a highly ranked top 25 team, there's a certain things that you want to avoid to set yourself up to make a run, right? 
So for example, ideally you'd like to avoid being seated seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Because that, that puts you in a, a pretty even first round matchup and, and then you play one of the top eight teams in the country two days later, a number one or a number two seed. I'm pretty confident in saying that Arkansas has done enough to avoid that. Even if they lose to Texas A&M Saturday and, and lose their first game in Nashville, I there I just I don't see any way this team drops to that range. It's just it's not going to happen unless something really really egregious is going down in in the selection room, right? I I don't really see an avenue for this team to drop below a five seed. Honestly, I'd be surprised if they even got there. Especially if if they win Saturday and it beat Texas A&M on Saturday, there's no way that happens. And if, you, if you take a look at it right now, like I looked at, you know, obviously Lenardi and all those guys, but also looked on Bracket Matrix, which has, it has everyone's bracketology. And at this point, Arkansas is about 50-50 split between a three seed and a four seed. One person had him as a five. Who is that guy? Come on. But in all seriousness, that's a that's a really good spot to be in. And I I, I just don't think they're going to drop that far, especially after doing what they did last night. Again, you look at some of the analytics, that, that net jumping up to number 12, that's big. And the other thing you have to consider, you know, what's going to happen to the teams around you? It seems like it's Arkansas and Alabama, and it's just a bunch of, of Big Ten and Big 12 teams, and they're just all beating the crap out of each other, right? So a lot of them are going to lose, which bodes well for a team like Arkansas. So if I, I was a betting man, I'd say a, a five is the absolute floor. Most likely you're looking at, at a, a three or a four, depending on how the next week goes. Now, what's the ceiling? Is there a path to a two seed? Yeah, I, I think there is. Okay? I, I think there is. Like if you win on Saturday and you go to Nashville and you beat Missouri and, and Florida and Alabama or whoever, you'd have a hard time convincing me <laughs> that Arkansas doesn't belong in the top two seed lines. I mean, they're 20 and 5 at this point. That'd be four. I mean, that's 24 and 5 with a ridiculous amount of quality wins. You, you you think about the one seed, I mean, that'd be cool. I, I guess if, if things fell right into place, maybe if Arkansas won out. But I think a two seed could definitely be in play. If they play well in Nashville, why not? It's an exciting time. I, I thought coming into the year that this would be a, an NCAA tournament team. But I... I'll be honest, I mean, I, I think I had them pegged at, at 19 wins or so, 19, 20 wins. But I really saw them as, you know, a, an 8, 9, 10 seed. Kind of a fringe top 25 team. But Muss has them clicking. The Muss bus is rolling. And I love it. Exceeding expectations. Gotta love it. All right. Let's get into your questions comments see what we got today Cody Jackson says we'll pick Suey amen brother 
Brandon D. McDaniel, I, I love what Musselman has done with this group of players. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is really it's really impressive. I wrote an article, you know, not too long ago, just it, titled "Is Eric Musselman SEC Coach of the Year?" and probably going to be Nate Oates at Alabama, and that's well-deserved. It's well-deserved if Oates gets it. Regular season champs, they were picked about where Arkansas was, and obviously they've had a, they've had a tremendous season. They also had a lot in that cupboard coming back. And to see what Musselman's been able to do with this group, when you think about the lack of returners, all the new faces, and getting everything to gel, and then the way they've closed... Alabama's not really playing great right now. They looked pretty good last night against Auburn. But they're not playing their best basketball. Arkansas's rolling, <laughs> okay? Um, I think you can make the case for Muss there. He's he's done a really, really nice job. Uh, if nothing else, give that man a raise, right? I've seen a lot of people on our, our Razor's Edge message board saying, hey, we're waiting for you guys to release the story about Muss getting an extension. Look, I... I don't have any insider details on that at, at the moment, but I'd be surprised if something didn't happen at some point. He certainly earned it, don't you think? I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> Thank you, Siri. Kate Alexander says, How far-fetched is it to predict Arkansas in the Final Four? You know... Again, it, it is all about matchups, right? And, and we've talked about that. So with the right matchups, anybody could do it. I mean, we've seen 10 or 11 seeds make a deep run. But honestly, with the way the team played last night, they looked the part. They really did. Number 12 team in the country, you, you wouldn't have found 11 teams in college basketball that could beat Arkansas the way they played last night. And the beauty of it is, the better you keep playing, now that you're on this roll, what happens? That seed gets better. Even last week, when we were talking about it, it was like, oh yeah, probably, you know, what, a, a five or six seed? And now we're sitting here wondering if they can get to a two. Right? And so the higher your seed, the more clear that path gets to make a run. They could absolutely do it. Is it going to require some great basketball? Of course. A little luck? Yeah, that's with, that's with any team that has that opportunity. But are they capable with the way they play defense, with the way they game plan specifically for teams so you never really know what to expect from them, the weapons that they have off the bench and the depth? It, it's a team that's capable of making a pretty serious run. It is. They could also run to a bad matchup and get bumped early. But are they capable? Absolutely. I'll give them credit. Hunter Martin said Moses Moody made some money last night. Boy, didn't he? I mean, he he was uh, he was lights out last night. They couldn't do anything with him. And, and what was crazy to me is as hot as he was, they just kept giving him open looks for the I mean he missed probably three or four point-blank wide open threes. And Musk took him out, too, as you should. You know, in a blowout like that, no sense in keeping him in there. But had he played his normal normal minutes and, and knocked down a couple of those wide open ones, he could add 40 
That's that's how good he was last night. Yeah, he 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 definitely earned some extra money on that paycheck in the in the future, didn't he? MP Rich says, Woo Pig Suey, I was concerned to see Williams not making the trip. The guy stepped up, hat tip to Dungey for career points of 2077, and uh, that's more than what Sidney Moncrief had. Yeah, I agree with both. I'll, I'll touch on Chelsea real quick. I mean, what an amazing year she had. I, I thought she was going to be, you know, hands down SEC player of the year, and, and that's that's no knock on, on the girl at Kentucky. She's been fantastic as well, but – uh, incredible. You know, she might not have got that award, but she she looks the part of a of a first team All American to me. Great career. That's a team that could make a run too. Good time to be an Arkansas basketball fan or or sports in general. If you if you take a look at at how all the teams are doing. And yeah, with Williams, I was a little concerned too. I was a little concerned about that too. You you just never know. I mean, a guy that's been stepping up like that um you know even Musselman said in the pregame that it kind of discombobulated everything with the rotations but they didn't look like a team that was discombobulated and again you know it gives other guys opportunities that probably otherwise wouldn't get them and they're building confidence and that's going to make them even better moving forward into the postseason when Jalen's back so I thought they weathered that storm pretty nicely. Stephen Choup says, way to go, Hogs, 10 straight wins. Yeah, wow. Not many teams do that. Matt Bohannon, when will recruiting news pick up? Hopefully in the next few months. You know, a lot of these guys are wrapping up their high school seasons now, postseason play, and they're putting focus on that. doesn't help that the, the dead period has been extended. Uh, you know, hopefully – you know, again, knock on wood, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to make my dog mad again, but knock on wood, you know, with, with some of the things loosening up and, and maybe we're turning the corner a little bit, then we can start seeing some campus visits at some point here in the spring, summer. That'll pick things up. And then obviously, you know, the grassroots AAU season is when you'll start seeing a lot of that. So it, it's coming. It's a little stagnant right now. I know you know, as Arkansas keeps playing better and better, I, I get a lot of those questions like, man, when's, when's somebody going to commit? Aren't they seeing this? What's going on? Oh, they're, they're seeing it. They're seeing it. I exchange messages with, with a lot of those guys, you know, on a on a weekly basis, and they see what's going on. It catches their eye. They see the freshmen contributing. All that stuff matters. you got to remember, too, though, uh, Arkansas is recruiting some big fish, man. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's a lot of other teams in the running that are that are playing well also. So, but it definitely doesn't hurt to be in the position that Arkansas is in on, on a recruiting front. Brandon D. McDaniel says, Curtis Wilkerson, did you see the threes that Seals was putting up? I was so surprised. Yeah, that was really good to see. Because for what? I mean, two two, three weeks there, he did not look comfortable shooting the basketball. And he did hit the one against LSU, and it looked good. It looked pure. He had another one that just it went halfway down and rimmed out. And I thought, ah, oh, you know what? Maybe he's feeling a little bit better because I, I thought that did look good. And I, did I expect him to come drill five on South Carolina? I mean, those were catch and shoot, in rhythm, full confidence. That's vintage Desi. 
huge for the team. Pleasant surprise. John Dexter says, I can't remember an Arkansas team ever looking as good as they did last night. Been following them for 20 years. I was a toddler when they won the national championship, so I missed the glory days, unfortunately. Yeah, we're we're probably about the same age, I guess. But, yeah, I like I said, last night was as dominant as I've, I've seen an Arkansas basketball team in a long time. A very long time. Adrian Jones says, South Carolina took away the drive, so they put up threes. Took what the defense gave. That's exactly right. Made them pay. Yes, Brandon Thibault says, Arkansas had a home court advantage at South Carolina. Woo Pig Suey was sounding loud at the Coliseum. I heard that uh, on the broadcast a couple times. I meant to make a comment about it. Um, how cool was that? What a fan base. What a unique place. All the way over in South Carolina, and they're calling the Hogs. They're in a pandemic. How'd they get tickets? <clears throat> That's pretty cool. I love that. Let's see here. Elizabeth Williams says, love this team. Please continue what you're doing. All great. Great confidence. Yes. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep it rolling. Let's see. Matt Bohannon says, you and D-Dub need to double team a recruiting base podcast. Needs to happen. <clears throat> I'd be alright with getting on the mic with Danny West that could be fun we'd probably do it at his place though he's got he's got a man cave or something right you know he's got a nice setup. Joey Moses says Jackson seems now he is aiming instead of shooting the ball like earlier in the year my take on Tate was coach was giving him the night off to heal that ankle yeah I I had seen some of that from Jackson, um, especially in that first stint in the first half. Second half, he looked pretty pure and confident. He's one of those guys that he gets one to rattle home, and it you can forget the last 50 that he might have missed, and all of a sudden he's feeling it. He does not lack for confidence, which is good. Tate didn't play well, hasn't played well for a couple games now. It was foul trouble the other night, but... Against South Carolina, he just uh, just didn't quite have it. Joey Moses says, against A&M, would love to see Vanover stuck in the post and force him to work. He probably will be. A&M's a team that they're, you know, they're going to play a traditional big. They got a couple that they rotate in and out of there. Um, neither one of them are big-time scorers, both pretty big physical guys that can rebound. I think they're going to have a hard time dealing with Connor on the perimeter as a as a pick and pop guy. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him, you know, in a, in a game like that, mix it up a little bit inside, work on the jump hooks and stuff. We started seeing it. He's he's really improved a lot there. He, he missed a couple last night, but it's going to happen. Brandon McDaniel. So what's the talk about Moody being in the NBA? He's only a freshman, right? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a, he's a top 10 pick. I think he's going to probably take advantage of that opportunity. And if he doesn't, man, good for Arkansas. <laughs> Let's see. 
Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of talk there about Moody. Rightfully so, deservedly so. Daniel Passmore says, "I'm just happy we we're able to secure one and done talent." Yeah, that's that's big. That's big, and then I I see that you commented shortly after that that he's he's getting better. Every game, this team will have plenty of stars next year, even with Moses in the league. I can't wait to see Devo and Jay Will next year. So I, I think that's equally important. When you think about future recruiting, you know, so, so you think about the elite talents that Arkansas is after. I mean, if I'm a five-star or a high four-star or, or someone who's getting pubbed as, as maybe a one-and-done guy and Arkansas is recruiting me, they, they've got my attention now with what Moody's been able to do. If I'm anyone else, you know, I'm I'm looking at Arkansas right now saying, man, these guys are rolling and they got they have three freshmen, true freshmen on the floor that are absolute key contributors and there'd be a fourth if he was healthy. So you're seeing that the opportunities are going to be there to play early if you earn it. And that's been what, you know, in the, in the messages I've exchanged with recruits, I mean, that's really been what they've said. It's not, it's not always about, oh, I'm, I'm really good. I expect to just come in and start and play. They just want the opportunity there if they earn it. And Muscleman's given that. And, and you don't always get that in other places. They'll lean on veterans, even if it's not the best player, because they, they feel comfortable, coaches feel comfortable with experience on the floor and then obviously Musselman had a reputation has a reputation of, of hitting the transfer portal hard and he's going to continue to and those guys are going to continue to make big impacts but that doesn't block freshmen if you if you can play and you get the job done and you're coachable he's going to give you an opportunity I think as a, a recruit that's all you can ask for let's see um Joey Moses says, if we can win the SEC tourney, we may get a two-seed. Yeah, I agree. Especially depending on who you play. I mean, if your first game is against Missouri, that's another that's a, another big-time matchup right there. I don't, I don't know that I'd, that's the team I'd necessarily want to see for the first game on Friday night. But that would, I mean, that'd be a big win. And then again, you know, from there, if, if you win on Friday, Saturday – Chances are, unless somebody makes kind of a surprise run, you're gonna you're gonna be matched up against uh, LSU or Florida or Tennessee. So that'd be another quality quality opponent, and then probably Alabama um, in the championship game, unless they get upset. So Michael Atkins says, "Better lock Muss up now." Yeah, <laughs> I will. I, I would be surprised if we don't see some uh, some movement there at some point. Chris Carter says, why is Auburn not in the SEC tournament? They they self-imposed um, a postseason ban. So I, I know they've been wrapped up in a lot of the, uh, you know, the FBI investigation and recruiting allegations and, and things like that. Say what you want about Bruce Pearl. I'll, I'll take the high road on that for the day, but... Uh, yeah, they they've self-imposed a postseason ban. Ironically, on a year where they wouldn't have made the postseason anyway. Whatever. 
Corey Criswell says going to have a lot. Sorry, going to have a lot to replace next year with some of the seniors leaving, possibly Moody. While I'm enjoying the run, do we know of any possible grad transfers for next year that would fit our system and keep this bus rolling? Well, every transfer that's hit the portal at this point, Arkansas has already been in touch with. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Um, I think it's like 13 or 14 that they've already made contact with. Now, there's some really good ones out there. You know, I, I look at, you know, there's a, a power forward out of um, Robert Morris is transferring Brahma, who's a really good player that I, I think would fit nicely that they've been in contact with. Um, you know, a guy that started at Pitt in the ACC at, at the point guard position for the last two years, uh, big time player. So there's already some good talent out there. At the same time, you can kind of be selective because you already know that as soon as the season ends, I mean, the portal is just going to be over flooded with serious players. Um, and I think once that pool's a little bit larger, then you can really identify your specific needs, you know, and find that perfect fit that can come in and make the difference. Still going to have a lot coming back. If you think about it, you know, obviously Devo and Jalen Williams, we talked about them. Connor will be back. Desi should be back. Uh, J.D. Note, the way he's emerged, is a piece you have to be excited about. Obviously, the the top junior college power forward in the country is coming in. You have Kamani Johnson, who's already been practicing with the team. The 6'7", Ford out of Euler, Little Rock. In, in my understanding, he's been looking really good. So you got a, you got a lot of pieces already in place, but I, I do think you're probably a couple away from from being really, really, really good next year. And the beauty of it is, you know, as, as Arkansas plays as good as they have and, you know, they're going to be a team that all these guys see here in March making a run, you know, and, and, and hopefully they can continue it and get into that second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Guys who are transferring as, as grad transfers – they do it for two reasons. One, they probably want to up their stock as a as a professional, right? But if they were ready for that, they'd have already went. They wouldn't need to transfer to another school. So in a lot of cases, it's about going somewhere and winning and being a difference maker. So then you're talking about some of these really good players. You, know, you think about how Arkansas missed on uh, Blackshear when he went to Florida. Those are the kind of guys that you might be in the running to get now. Mac McClung who left Georgetown and is tearing it up at Texas Tech. So I think they can hold out for a little while, and then we'll see what happens. But I, I bet they're going to make a nice addition or two. Yancey Long says, I haven't cheered as hard this year as I did last night when Desi started lighting it up. Yeah, that that was really good to see. It really was. Hopefully he can continue to build off that. Lucas Castleberry says, what guys do you think have a chance at conference, postseason awards, first, second, all freshmen, or all defensive? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think Moses Moody is obviously in the running for first-team All-SEC. I think he's also in the running for, for freshman of the year. Now, Cam Thomas, he's really good offensively. He's a, one of the most offensively gifted freshmen I've ever seen. Uh, and and LSU is a good team, you know they're they're probably a tournament team. So he's probably got the inside track there. But I mean I don't know. Arkansas is a trending topic, so that that helps Moses in that case. We'll see what happens there. 
Um, you know, I, I think you have to look at Justin Smith. Maybe not first team, maybe a second team, all SEC guy, all defensive team. I mean, uh, Justin Smith and Tate, one of the two, if not both, they have to be on there. Have to be. And there's a sixth man of the year, give it to J.D. Note now. I don't know if there is or not, but if, if there's not, they should create it for him, in my opinion. Okay. There's Brandon again. Brandon Sabo says there were probably only 300 fans in the building and most were wearing Razorback shirts. That's awesome. I absolutely love that. Good for you, Arkansas fans. That's good stuff. Brandon Thibault says, if Smith decides to come back next year, this team can be very good again. <laughs> yeah, and they absolutely would be. I don't get the vibe that he's going to. I mean, he, he went through the senior day ceremonies and you know put the tweet out, you know, the, the thanks for having me and, and everything like that. You never know what happens at the end of the year, especially with the kind of run that Arkansas has been on, if, if they continue it and, and finish strong, he you know he might be ready to to take the next step there. But it would be awesome. It would be awesome if it went down that way. Matt Bohannon says, you don't have to say Hogzilla is your favorite poster he knows. Is that you? Is that you? Love Hogzilla, my man. <laughs> All right. Looks like we made it through most of them there. That was fun. Good show. Good show. It's a good way to wrap it up. It's crazy. I mean, here we go, everybody. Saturday, 4 p.m., SEC Network against Texas A&M. That's the regular season finale. The next episode is going to be previewing the SEC tournament. It's exciting. We've made it. So I'm going to plan on doing a show. Obviously, there won't be a midweek. Saturday is the last regular season game. Probably Wednesday. Probably do a show Wednesday. We'll do a full preview of everything that's going down. So long as I get approval, I'm, I'm planning on making the trip to Nashville. Uh, so might see if we can you know sneak in some something a little different, some instant reactions, some game day previews. I don't know. Something. We're going to be there. Take it all in a little bit. Should be an absolute blast. But that's the plan. Again, great show. Thanks as always. I absolutely love the interaction. It's a great time. I, look, I really do look forward to this show every week. But, hey, listen, stay safe. Enjoy your weekend. Call those hogs on Saturday. We'll see you next week on Hog Hoops Live. You guys have a good one.